hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine Saint Clair. All aboard! Welcome to a brand new crazy ride this week on Crazy Train with me, Jasmine Saint Clair. I know a lot of you like it when I bring hot girls on the show, and I just feel like there's not enough of them out there. Um, no, I'm joking. Of course, there are tons of them out there, but only a few of them are cool and have been involved in the world of pro wrestling and so forth. So this is actually one of my favorites because I ran into her years ago at the Rainbow Bar and Grill when she was hanging out with Be Real and I was hanging out with a bunch of people. I think that's the night that I beat a guy up over the head with flowers that he brought to me. Well, we'll revisit that story. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show the gorgeous Shelly Martinez. Happy Thursday. Well, that's the day we're recording the podcast with Shirley Martinez, but I have to say it's a happy Thursday because we might get canceled today. What? Okay, we're what not going to get canceled. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you virtually now, but this is this is almost as good as seeing you in person. So we've got to do the rainbow at some point and like catch up, catch up, like a real catch up date. What have you been up to? Because everyone is asking me on the podcast, where's Shelly Martinez? Why don't you bring Shelly Martinez on here? So I brought you on. How have you been these days? What's the latest with you? It's been a crazy time for me over here. Um, you know, long story short as I can make it, for <laughs> a little over a year now, I've been taking care of a family member and help, helping them get on with um, themselves. The good news is they're becoming more independent and better, but oh my gosh, at first. And then when I was doing this, I had, um, and I haven't discussed the details publicly yet. I'm not ready, but, mm -hmm. um, November of 2022, I had to have an emergency surgery. So I was healing from that surgery while taking care of this family member while, trying to keep on top of my content and everything I was doing. So I had many mental breakdowns, um, you know, the whole nine yards, but I feel better now. I've been feeling more myself, um, you know, just getting back to creating and, you know, it's, I, I know, you know, how this feels, it's kind of overwhelming. Like it's once you get kind of behind a little bit, you can get stressed out on trying to like, Oh, I got to get caught up. And you just kind of feel, so that's where I'm at right now. But I feel like if I really apply myself this week and there's only a few more days left, um, I can catch up. So that's what I'm doing. And what I'm catching up on are my podcasts. I have many, uh, my videos. I have my exclusive content, which is my secret society. Shout out to all of you guys. Um, so yeah, you know, just doing my little Shelly thing, living my Shelly life. Uh, nothing new, just another season. And so that's kind of the nutshell right there. <laughs> you look so healthy in all your photos. Like they're so beautiful. They look very organic, very, um, are you vegan by chance or not? I'm pescatarian and I'm kosher. Okay, well, so wait, are no you Jewish? Um, I'm not officially Jewish, okay. but I've been practicing Judaism since 2011. That's a, that's a whole journey. Um, I grew up Christian actually, and very cult-like Christian church, one of those, unfortunately. <laughs> but you know what? You learn a lot when you grow up in the cult. You learn a lot. And so it helps you survive. So, um, you know, I always had my faith, always. Even when I've been in dark times, that's what helped me get out of it. But I always, since I was a little girl, felt very drawn to Judaism. So 2011 rolled around and there was a couple of things that kind of aligned in my life. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. And I found this online um, live stream of this um, place that's in Georgia called Beth Adonai. Shout out to Beth Adonai. And <clears throat> I really resonated with it. And so to this day, that's what I do my Shabbat services with online. You know, I'm in the live streams. So I never converted, but I feel like God doesn't care. I didn't convert. He just cares that like, I want knowledge. So there it is. Yeah, that's interesting. You're the second person I know that's converted 
actually the third person. Okay, so my one of my really good friends, she's from Canada, A, and she's gorgeous. She's like this blonde with green eyes, a total like Jewish man's wet dream because she's a shiksa, right? So she, I guess when they, they had the wedding ceremony, they had a rabbi there and a priest, but he fulfilled like a lifelong dream of most Jewish men to marry a shiksa and make her convert. So she converted. So the holidays are fun and everything and matzah ball soup, all the matzah crackers, I guess. Do you, do you make food like that? Do you do matzah balls or? Well, here's the thing. I'm Mexican. So there's like the Mexican traditions I grew up with. So I've blended those with what I've learned along the way, because again, no one ever pushed this on me. It was always something that was just, I felt called to. So I have been teaching myself just like everything else in life. I just have to learn it myself, which is fine, but it's very exhausting. And people judge me for it and that's fine. I don't care. But um, yeah, I've been incorporating, you know, doing the different um, customs. And here's the thing. This is where I got mad. Okay. As a Christian girl growing up, I was really pissed to realize that with the story of Jesus doing the Last Supper, the reason why it was so important is because he was a rabbi and he was still, even though all that stuff was going on, conducted his rabbi duties by doing the um, Passover, you know, blessings. And so as a Christian girl, I'm like, why don't we learn about this stuff? Like, I don't understand why. And it's crazy because because of my career choices, I've always been looked at as the, in my family, the judgmental Christians as like, oh, I need saving because I've done topless work and things like that. And it's like, did we forget about the story where the prostitute went up to Jesus and like he gave her the time of day? Like that's what Jesus What? So I got very offended when I started learning this Jewish roots of how come we're not doing this? Like this is what we're supposed to be doing. And so that was really the big turning point for me. So just throwing it out there in case anyone out there is like wondering or whatever. There's more to it, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's insane. People always forget the whole judgmental thing. Like I've been judged. Oh, one guy years ago. Okay. <laughs> this guy didn't want to go out with me because I was wrestling at one point. He's like, well, something's wrong with you emotionally because you have no problem being thrown around by big men and doing these things. It's like, dude, really? Where do you want me to start? Do you have, can I have another drink? So it's just... They just don't get it. And speaking of judging, okay, so I know you from ECW. When the ECW relaunch was there with WWE, by the way, I'm enjoying the Vince McMahon sex scandal. I have, I've been getting days and days of jokes. I mean, put on your head, please. Can I like, Vince McMahon, we want you to sign up for Sugar Daddy Judy, but no shitting on the head, okay? And no sex on Tuesdays with Johnny Ace and his decrepit cock. I mean, what a lovely family, man. His wife is so lucky, you know, to have brain cancer and have this scumbag wanted to get laid by an opportunist Tuesday mornings, only Tuesday mornings. She could have them the rest of the week. But how did you get started in ECW wrestling? First of all, Johnny Ace's <laughs> wife has cancer? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know I this? No idea. I don't keep up. I have no oh idea. Oh my God. It's the Bella Twins' mother. Okay. I and that her. Yeah. yeah. Poor woman is going through cancer and he knows that. And I feel bad for her. Like, I really honestly wish and pray to God that she enjoys the rest of her days with someone that's good, you know, and she does what she wants. But with this scumbag, and, I, you know, when they, they didn't want me at WCW because of my career in adult. And there you are banging this little opportunist, this who should be a porn star, by the way. I mean, she really, she's got it down. <laughs> yeah. His wife has brain cancer. That's terrible. I had no idea. Yeah. It's sad. Beautiful person from what I heard. And it's just a horrible thing. But now, I mean, it's so much going on with that. Like all this stuff going on. You just had a sale and uh, Kevin Quinn just stepped down. The whole Ashley Massaro situation, which I fully believe her, by the way. And this is what irates me about people like Janelle Grant. You have a real victim that's Ashley Massaro. Whether or not she was partying or not, she still got raped. And here you are with a BMW 
$300,000 car, a cashmere hat to put on your right after it gets pooped on, obviously, um, a throw blanket um, to maybe put on your body after people have feces or you use the Bobby Lashley dildo or maybe the Shawn Michaels dildo or maybe even the Bret Hart one. I don't know. Uh, you got all that going on and you're still getting $200,000 a year. My God. It's like, how? But yeah, how do you even come into EC the new ECW? How did that happen? Well, I referred to it as the fake ECW. Um, Thank so you very you much. Want to- I appreciate that. Yeah, it's the fake ECW. <laughs> Let's get it clear. It was just one of those crazy things because, okay, I was in the independence for five years before I got signed to WWE. And then I went to uh, Louisville to OBW. And so when I first got there, Tommy Dreamer was like, okay, I knew I moved there in July of 2000. And so Tommy was like, okay, so you're going to go to Louisville. You're going to be there for a little bit. And then you're going to go on TV. They're going to create this new brood. And it's going to be you, Gangrel, this guy down there named Kevin Seven and Jimmy Wang Yang. And I'm like, oh, awesome. So I'm like, I get to be a vampire because since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with vampires because... I have a death phobia. I'm like really afraid of death. So of course the way I deal with it is to embrace it. And um, vampires never die. You know what I mean? And so like that's where my obsession when I saw the Lost Boys when I was little, it just really, that's when I first got bitten. That's like I consider I first got bitten with that Lost Boys movie. <clears throat> and so I, I was like, this is a dream come true. And so then I go to Louisville. I'm there just for a few days. And then I'm told to bring my outfit to film um, for some stuff for that character. I show up and I I remember asking Mickey James, I was like, where's Kevin seven at? And she's like, Oh, he got released with everyone. And it was that sweep after WrestleMania when they let go of a bunch of people. So they let go of Kevin, they let go of Gangrel and they let go of Jimmy Wang Yang. And I'm like, but I was going to be the vampire. I was so sad. So stayed there at OVW for about a year. I did a gimmick with Aaron the Idol Stevens and Beth Phoenix or Damian Sandow. And oh. that's when I started working with Paul Heyman because when I first got there, it was like the night Jim Cornette got in a fight with Santino Morella and he was like slapping him. Like that's what I like. I thought it was a, like, a part of a promo when I was totally gone. I was like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, dude, this is real. Oh my God. And so Paul like totally took over. And then that's when I started working with Paul, which for me, I was never into the original ECW in the, here in the West coast at that time, mm-hmm. wrestling was very scarce. The, the, presence of wrestling was not how it was in the east coast or the midwest or overseas i don't know why there just wasn't much out here unless like you were in the know you know what i mean so i knew paul just from like the stuff that he was doing when he was like doing stuff with wwe and i always loved him and so Mm -hmm. i was like oh my god i get to work with freaking paul Heyman. so um we did a couple things and then I ended up being for one night, a pirate with Paul Birchall because when I was at OVW, Paul Heyman had me to, even though I was with Aaron obsessed with Paul Birchall and I was known as crazy pirate Shelly because I'd wear a pirate outfit and it was like psycho girlfriend. It was such a release. I like would be looking in the bushes. <laughs> Who are you texting? Like it was, <laughs> you know, it felt good. So I threw myself into that character. Um, it didn't, they let me do it once on Velocity, but then they ended up letting Paul Birchall, uh, that character like fizzle out and they weren't going to use it anymore. So I was like, dude, first I was going to be a vampire, got taken away. Then I thought I was going to be pirate. Hell yeah, I'm part pirate. It got taken away. Then I went on the road with Beth and Aaron and oh my God, like he wrestled. Matt Hardy in Jamestown, New York. I'll never forget because Lucille Ball, I grew up on I Love Lucy. So Jamestown, New York is where she's from. And they always talk about it on the show. We got so much heat that night that when he powdered out of the ring after we did some cheating, the entire arena, I'm already getting chills, booed so much. It vibrated in us. And I was just like, 
holy shit like this is why i love wrestling so we did really good but then after the loop they're like we see aaron being in a tag team we see beth being in a singles and shelly we see her um we're not quite sure doing something managing somebody so i'm like oh my gosh every single time but then right around the corner that's when the fake ecw was Mm -hmm. becoming a thing and then that's when they said, look, you're going to be a tarot card reader. Then, then at this point, they already had hired back Kevin Seven. And they said, and you're going to be bitten by Kevin Thorne and be a vampire. So it tripped me out that originally I was already supposed to be a vampire with Kevin. And it got squashed. But damn it, I was meant to be a vampire with Kevin. <laughs> I think you still are. Hey, by the way, which one of the Lost Boys is your favorite one? Well, I was I was enchanted with Michael when I was younger, but who always had my heart and soul was David. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. one was David? Was that he was Jason the blonde Keith or Sutherland? Oh, uh, who was the one? Billy something. I think he's an artist. He has like the really long dark hair and the high cheekbones. Or oh, did yeah, I don't, see, I don't know what his name is, but I know who you're yeah. talking about. That was my favorite one. I like. I thought Corey Feldman looked kind of cute in that. Then, then like I met Corey Feldman in person. It's like, dude, brother. Can we just all throw up real quick in our mouths and then swallow it and throw up again? Because that's Corey Feldman. <laughs> I I you don't used want to, to back. date Corey Haim, and so he told me a <laughs> lot of things. Of course, you know I met him out there on Sunset Strip where yeah. I was hanging out with you. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's where we meet them all. Yeah, when I, okay, so when I first met you, speaking of judgment, what did I was that the night he threw the flowers in the guy's head or like hit hit him with him? I forgot. I knew it was like a nerd that I was hanging out with. And you actually like, wow, that's really nice. She's dating a nerd. Like, I respect that. She's not judging him. But I'm pretty sure that's the night when I beat him in the head with the roses. No, that was another night. I think that was like okay. the second time I hung out with you. So that first time we were Thanks. hanging out with I'm not going to say any names because that means like Roadkill says, putting them over. We were hanging out with some yeah. rapper people. And, work. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember you're sitting there and you were just going on about this guy you were seeing. And you were like, whatever. You guys would think he's a nerd, but I like him. He's nice to me. And you laid out why you liked him. And I loved it because from my standpoint, I was so used to seeing people go up to that table and kiss all those people's asses and just be like such a people pleaser. And here you were. And because I wasn't familiar with ECW, I just thought you were just like a hot, like model actress girl. So the, all those times I hung out with you, I had no idea that you were from wrestling. And then like, one of the last couple times, like I hung out with you there because it was like a handful of times we hung out at that table. And it was one of the people at the table goes, yeah, you know, she was in And I'm like, what? what? Cause I always heard the name Jasmine Sinclair, but when we were sitting at that table and you were Jasmine, I didn't think you're Jasmine Sinclair. And so I always thought it was really cool that I got to kind of like know you outside of wrestling before I got to know you inside of wrestling, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, but see, Okay, Jasmine St. Clair. Okay, that fucking nerd. Oh, my God. You should see what he (laughs) married, by the way. He married, like, this hipster broad with, like, a nose from here to fucking Hawaii and who has, like, no style. Okay. Secondly, that was a one-off. Okay, my competition was his 500-pound best friend, this kid they call Chud. Ugh, but yeah, that was, that's why you didn't think it was Jasmine St. Clair, just Jasmine, if that makes sense. Because that's a normal, no offense to nerds, by the way, but you people, man, you people travel in packs, okay? You people get aroused by a Zelda movie. You people. So if you're looking for the safest and coolest way to bet online and the most variety, of course, of games and like almost anything you could bet on, stop by betonline.ag because I guarantee you there is something for everyone. Are not a minority. Anyway, um, moving right along. So what was your impression of being an ECW? I mean, it's did you take the crazy bumps? Because every weekend, you know, it's someone was getting put through a table at some point or a pile driver. You know, 
honestly, I felt right at home in that locker room. Like, even though it was like a lot of the originals mixed in with newbies like myself or people that were like already doing stuff with WWE and they put them there. Like, because at first, I don't know if a lot of people out, the fans know this, but at first we had our own thing going on. We weren't traveling with SmackDown on the road. We would only meet up with SmackDown for TV day. And then we would film before SmackDown our show and then SmackDown would film. So I feel I got as close to what it was like in ECW back in the day as you could at that time because we were gifted those moments of like, you know, even though it kind of sucked because they were booking us in places where ECW did really well originally. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it would be like one town over here and we'd have to drive so far, like right after instead of like there being like a midpoint show and then moving forward. So it was like a lot. And to be honest with you, it kind of toughened me up on how, how you can be on the road even more so than like my indie years did. You know what I mean? Because you think, oh, you're on TV now. It's different. But it's like, no, you still got to know what you're doing and hustle and do it right and like whatever. So I'm so grateful for that. And then just getting to know some of the ECW originals, in particular, Balls Mahoney, rest in peace. Like yeah. I got to be... At that time in my life, I got to be really close with him. And going back to religion, people didn't think it made sense because I was open about how I love the Lord. And he was like, I belong to the Church of Satan. And so people were like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why are you two? And it's like, because of the conversations we have. We're not sitting there politicking or talking about wrestling brother, sister. Talking about life and different things and our thoughts and our feelings. and absorbing what we're going through and so I don't think I would have had those types of moments and my relationship with Francine we were driving together at the time and I had known her prior to that and Mm -hmm. but I didn't know her well I just I did this show WPW or WXW whatever it's called I can't remember and that's where I met her and so I got to like nurture that relationship there and again I feel if they didn't just let us be by ourselves at first. All of that stuff wouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? So I'm really grateful for that. And it kind of sucked when they merged us with SmackDown and it became more of a WWE vibe. Like that was lost. But I'm so glad I got that little tiny taste. But I kind of got spoiled by it, you know, that that like going into work, we're all happy to be there. We were like, hey, what do you want to do? Like like the pressure was just like not there it felt and the the agents they had like from wwe to be there they were like cool people like dean malenko you know what i mean people who get it and like support it and like are just goofballs behind the scenes themselves i don't know it was a good old time oh y2k years (laughs) yeah that was really like some of the better times in wrestling now you did come from the SoCal indie wrestling scene, and that brings me to the next question. Did you have any experiences with XPW, with Rob Black? Very minimal. Um, it became, I became aware of XPW. I think maybe I was in, in like a year or two into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I started in 2000, so I can't remember. But I just know that it was like, hearing the story like a um messiah like that freaked me out (laughs) i was just like dude i don't know i just want to wrestle and be in wwf one day i don't know about all this stuff i don't think i don't think it's necessarily true because i work for him now again at xpw I mean, they would have, he was indicted on whatever those, those porn movies he did, the Federal Five, they would have reopened that investigation. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I could imagine, I mean, did you ever get to meet him face to face at a wrestling show? A Rob? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, um, I don't think so. But like, (laughs) now, I guess like. Back then, I was so new to the business and just knew WWF and 
that to me was just like, like hearing that story about Messiah, I just, it freaked me out. It triggered me because my family is like, I have gang members in there and like seen, grew up with ugly things. So yeah. to me, it was kind of like, kind of going back to um, real quick earlier, you had said somebody was like, oh, because you're a wrestler, you know, you, you must be messed up. It's interesting because I ended up realizing after wrestling that the reason why I got so hooked on it was because I grew up around violence, feeling unsafe. I grew up and I was sexually abused, feeling unsafe by people in my family. So wrestling made me feel like I could finally fight back. And wrestling made me feel like, like, and this is why I think like when I would train or I'd work with people and some people like, man, Shelly's stiff. And I'd always say, I never give what I wouldn't want back. And I liked being a little snug because when people were snug with me, it helped me um, react more. But now I'm realizing all of that was just a release of me always feeling like I have to fight, but people don't, they try to keep me from fighting. So wrestling paid me to f to fight, if that makes any sense. So like... <laughs> So F that guy that said that because wrestling, I didn't, like I said, when I was in it, it didn't, I didn't even think about it. But when I had time to kind of reflect, I was like, oh my God, like wrestling made me feel like I was strong and I can fight back and take care of myself. And even out on the streets, like I used to live smack in the middle of Hollywood and you know how ghetto that Ooh. is. And so yeah. I used to walk around and feel if I had to throw it down, I could throw it down. And like to this day, I'll tell my guy, like when we're out and about, I'm like, dude, if shit goes down, I swear to God, I have your back. Like, I swear I, I'm down right now. Like, <laughs> and, it's, and I feel a lot of that has to do with, I know how it feels to get hit. I know how it feels to get hit hard. And I know how to protect myself and what my instincts are. So wrestling really did all that for me. So there you have it. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not like a mental illness. This guy like swore up and down like I had a few screws loose, which I probably do. I mean, I, I talk to a stuffed toy cat. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> someone finally messaged me. You know, all those cat AI photos I post of them working out. I have these cat AI photos. These They're photos of cats like working out like stuffed cats. I brought on there one day, naughty pussy, cute pussy. Someone messaged me. You need to call your therapist. <laughs> but I love cats. I'm like possessed. I know, I know, I know. It's seriously, it's a sickness. Um, who who trained you to wrestle? Um, okay, so when I first started wrestling, uh, I give credit to uh Ricky Reyes and um Frankie Kazarian and um I'm trying to think I know him as JR, but I'm trying to think about oh shoot, what's his wrestling name? Oh, Rocky Romero. Reyes and Rocky Romero, they were in a tag team called the Havana Pitbulls. And uh, Frankie was Frankie. And I just really resonated with them. And it's crazy because Reyes, I used to be kind of afraid of him because he was all intense. And it's like I like desperately wanted him to like me. Like not like sexually, but like respect me as a wrestler, wanting to learn as a wrestler. Because I saw how a lot of people were fly by night and just wanted to be like, you know, for their ego wrestling, whatever. And I would see Reyes just like roll his eyes at them and just be grumpy about it. And I'd just be like, dude, I'm not those people. Like I, I this is different. And so it was this whole thing. So when I finally cracked him, it's cause I did work hard and I let my actions speak. And those three dudes in particular really helped get me prepared for wrestling psychology wise in ring wise mm -hmm. out of the ring being on the road like i will always give them i always call them my wrestling senseis like i will always give them props for that and then um i left that school and i went to a lucha school called wpw in anaheim with martine marin and uh little cholo was there as well and uh they I they trained me lucha and that was some of the best times of my wrestling career when I did that because I got to even though it was me and 12 boys on the road and my Fred dog <laughs> my dog Fred Mertz um 
we would just be in a van and we'd go to Mexico, we'd go to Texas. So that was my first like experience, like getting that taste. And then of course, when I got to um, OVW, Al Snow was the trainer there. I learned so much from Al Snow, like so much for Al Snow. And then I also took some classes with Rip Rogers there. I learned so much from Rip Rogers. Um, and so when I came back to California, after I got the boot from WWE, I started training again and I was training at Santino brothers with the Lucha class with these, um, tag teams called Los Luchas. Now I've had amazing training, but I'm going to tell you something because of where I was in my life, that Los Luchas class did so much for me. You have no idea. I just can't, I, it's too much to even get into cause it's deep, but that training right there, I consider the best, not because the others didn't matter, but because of where I was in my life, in my career at that time, that's where it all came together and Los Luchas helped connect those dots. So there you have it. <laughs> I hear so many good things about them. Someone had a clip that went viral of some kind of accident at one of the shows there. I just remember that when you say Santino Brothers, but I don't know if I know anyone that was, where, where was Santino Brothers? Was that in Anaheim or was it Nor Northern California? In Bel they were in Bell Gardens when I was training over there. That's the place. Okay. Yeah. When I was training with Mondo Guerrero, we were training somewhere down there. I don't know if that's where it was, but we would, I would train with some of the luchas there but he was training me sometimes at the ring and um, it was fun like training with him because they teach you a totally different style and everyone's so different. You know, you're so lucky to have had that experience of training with all these people, especially Al Snow. He's a genius. Well, I That's feel like every single person I listed, I guess they're yeah. all geniuses in their own ways. Like I gained, so so much from all of those people and i really owe me and my connection to wrestling a lot of that to those people because again they all helped connect all the dots and they all made me want it even more like so much more and with los luchas it's crazy because i had been out of practice with lucha for a long mm -hmm. time so I was intimidated when I went to the class. So I would be at the end of the line so I can watch the drill a hundred times before I even <laughs> attempted it. And then before I knew it, I was like going to the middle. And then before I knew it, I was like the second. And then before I knew it, I was always the first person and just see it one time. And then what I would do is whatever I would learn, I take one thing that I learned that I connected with at that um, training session and I would apply it on the weekends to whatever match I had or whatever. And so I never had really done that so much before. And so that's what I'm saying. Like it all made sense. It's like, Oh, I get it. And um, there was this time, you know, confidence was high, not in a cocky way, but because, you know, I built my rebuilt my confidence, you know, I was so butthurt when I got fired from WWE It hurt, like the way I got fired and it's fine. Like, it was my path. But at that time, it felt like such an injustice. You know what I mean? And to pick myself up and get back in there and refine, rediscover my confidence. So then I'm at this show. It was a Lucha show. And it was one of those bought out spots. Like somebody was having a Cinco de Mayo festival. So it was like not really just like a show. It was just like a we were part of the um, the talent for the day, I guess. So I'm like, dude, I'm Mexican. It's a lucha thing. And I think a beer was sponsoring it. I said, I'm going to come out with a Lake Avenue, like tequila princess, cute outfit. I'm going to go out there and wrestle in it. So there was this girl and she, I was in a four way. And then when I came out with my outfit, she starts laughing at me. She goes, look at Shelly. Shelly's the joke of the match. So we're going to work around Shelly because she's the joke of the match. And I was like, Oh my freaking gosh. And so as this bitch over here was trying to like tear me down because I looked cute, just because I looked cute didn't mean I didn't know what I was doing. Like in this girl, she's been like that to me my whole wrestling career. So I felt so deflated because I let her get to me. 
I left the room and it's so crazy because when I sat down on the floor in this hallway and I saw these, this man's shoe and I was like, okay, those are like fancy shoes. Okay. And then I kind of just followed them and I didn't look up and it went to a door and then the shoes weren't there anymore. And I'm like, what the hell? And then the door opened and it was Los Luchas and I looked freaked out and they go, what's wrong? I said, so-and-so, you know, got to my head and da-da-da-da-da. And one of them just grabbed me, looked me in the eyes. He goes, what are you doing? This is what you do. Every week, you come to the class twice a week. What else is new? You're going to let her get to you like that? Yeah. And that, I just owned my energy. And I went out there and I gave that crowd what they wanted. And it was awesome. So I ended up doing research on that place. And it's crazy because... It's known to be haunted. It's called the Jost uh, Theater in Orange County. And the story goes, there was a guy, a performer there, and he got depressed about something. And he ended up killing himself um, by, like, taking, some, I think, something in his drink. Or I don't, can't remember what it is, but he committed suicide there. And so the room we were in where the girl was, like, talking down to me and talking shit, that's the room where he killed himself. So oh. I believe I connected with that feeling of defeat energy and it sparked it. That's what I feel paranormal activity is. It's not so hocus pocusy, it's energy. My energy sparked that. And that man, that energy that he left there took me to my senseis and gave me back what that girl took from me. And I'll never forget that ever. Yeah, the shoes, that's like the creepy part. Those were probably his shoes, and then they just left or led you to the luchos. So and it's that, weird because I didn't fun. look up. Why didn't I look up to see who was, I was just like? Yeah. So I weird. was wondering. That's so odd. Like, people see things sometimes. I try not to believe it because I don't like being alone with things like that, you know, and it just it creeps me out. Um, I had another guest on the show, um, True Crime Story podcast, this guy, J.D. Horror, who's also an indie wrestler. He does death matches mostly. And we were talking about that. Uh, you know, once a therapist told me that people that see things had some kind of abuse as children, but that's not necessarily true. Because I've seen things before, but I wasn't abused, you know, growing up. Um, but much later in my life, obviously, you know, any abuse, it's just been self-inflicted, basically, you know. Uh, not in a bad way, by the way, but uh, at least I don't. That's want to really myself. interesting because being that I am a person that was abused. Yep. That's real. I'm going to do some more research on that, but you know, people can take whatever they want from that story. That's just the facts. And I thought it was so crazy that because I think what had happened is I had that moment. I kept shaking it off, like no, 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 like that didn't happen. And then I had post a photo of being there. And somebody had written to me because they know I'm into like paranormal like stories and hearing things. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, that place is haunted. I was like, what? And so that's what got me to look it up. So I'm glad that going into it, I had zero idea. So much so to where I tried to just discount it in my head. Like, there's just no way. There's just no way. And then to find that out, it was like, whoa, like that totally makes sense. Because again, I'm a firm believer in it's just energy. Like you just can't deny energy. And I feel like, like I said, I just connected with it because maybe that deflation I felt from that girl, like got me my vibration that low to where it connected with that low vibration that was left there by that dude. Yeah. In my That's opinion. Well, no, I, I believe it. I do believe in that stuff. But I believe there's some people that are gifted with it and some people that are not. Like when I was a kid, I had this ballerina doll that had these white stockings on and little blue ballerina shoes. So my cousins were over. One was sitting at the other end of the table. I was here and I looked down and I thought I saw these ballerina legs like flipping up back and forth. And no way, shape or form was my cousin any type of ballerina thing. But I just freaked out. I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, is there a ghost? I later learned that a little girl died there in that apartment. See? You know, like dollhouse furniture would be moved around slowly but surely. And then when this therapist told me, which I, you know, you might get a different answer when you research it. Yeah, well, that's because something happened to you as a child. I'm like, what happened to me as a child? I wasn't 
like I wasn't a victim of anything like sexual abuse or anything like that. So when you hear these things, you got to wonder about your therapist. So I'm glad I fired her. Uh, I had to. So I, I don't have a therapist to call when I post when I post these crazy cat photos. I have nobody to call. So I'll keep posting them. Um, yeah. So I, I just just the whole thing with the WWE. Like obviously, I never worked there, but just seeing everything now that's coming out. Did anyone ever like act inappropriate with you there? Look, that's wrestling. That's okay. just wrestling. I the way I feel <laughs> the way I feel about everything that's coming out right now. Mm-hmm. It's nothing new. It's just now becoming public. And so I've never been one to try energy drinks for too long because they're always really um, sugary. They amp you up. But I decided to try Tiger Life. That's T-I-G-E-R-L-Y-F-E. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with Joe Exotic. TigerLife.com. They have an amazing energy drink. Um, no sugar added. It's completely clean energy. It's made here in America. And they have a couple of really cool flavors. Um, it actually has cane sugar in it, which is pretty good. But zero sodium. So that means you will not get bloated. This definitely amps me up. Sometimes I do it when I am... Um, when I'm about to do my live stream or if I just need a boost in the middle of the day. So Tiger Life, have some and make sure to put in the code Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N for free shipping. Okay. There was a time in my life where I really felt like maybe part of my purpose here was to share my different experiences and things like that to try to help others, specifically females in wrestling, because duh, female in wrestling, I want to help girls. It's hard. So when I would be transparent about my feelings and my stories, I got a lot of heat, um, threats. And the way I kind of look at it is people in general will gossip about all this stuff that they're finding out. And then once enough time has gone by, they're on to the next. And what is left behind are the people like myself who have said things and not to sound dramatic, but the PTSD Mm -hmm. that comes with that because Mm -hmm. you spoke up and said different things. So people in this case, like the fans in wrestling or people in wrestling who are like, oh my gosh, like blah, 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 this and that. To me, it kind of almost comes off as like they're getting like a dopamine hit off of all this gossip because it's like juicy, you know, like watching yeah. a TV show or a movie. And then once that dopamine wears off, it's on to the next hit. Mm-hmm. And so now I find it pointless to bring anything up unless I really, truly feel it needs to be said because I am not going to go through another energy fight with people and be drained and my peace be disturbed just for it all to mean nothing because people are still putting money in said person's pocket or still supporting this person or whatever. So I give up. I'm not the girl anymore to say anything because Mm -hmm. I don't think it's worth it. These fair weather truth seeking people is what they are fair weather because it's on to the next and then what's hilarious to or not hilarious but what's eye rolling to me is people who are being so aggressive about how for example Vince McMahon is just da 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 but then at the same time those same people going out of their way to like draw a cartoon of like making fun of it. So it's like, which one do you think it's funny or is it serious? Like pick a side. Yeah. So when I watch your tweets, I laugh my ass off because it's funny. Cause it's true. <laughs> but like people that are up in arms and like acting all like, Oh, uh-huh. and, like F that Vince and F Johnny Ace. And da, 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 da. It's like, give it time. You probably are the same person that'll go, Vince McMahon's back. Yeah. So I don't know. And I think the whole thing, and I'll only say this. I think it's weird that there's only one photo of the girl. 
There are some other ones out there, by the way. I spoke to someone else that worked with you. Um, she has nice things to say about you, by the way. Yeah. Um, they tell me some Kevin Quinn stuff, because don't forget at one point, people don't know this. I actually ran an escort agency briefly for a hot minute. Um, then there were some issues with some <clears throat> some things. But uh, so anyway, I, I didn't get in trouble or anything like that. But um, Kevin Quinn or Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn, whatever name he used that time, like no one's really looked into him and like where his some of his expenses were. And there was a diva there who was an escort and was very open about it. I think people fail to like realize that there's a possibility that Kevin was a client at one point and like all of a sudden he's gone. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. And maybe that's why some favoritism was shown towards, you know, for some girls and the others. But the only thing I'm wondering, like a serious question in my brain. So with Vince McMahon, does his dildo have the do-rag on it or not? Well, which version of it? Yeah, which version of him is it? Or all any of them, for that matter? Because each of them could maybe maybe he has different era penises. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, because there could be different eras. A different era of Vince McMahon, the one that can get erect, right? Mm -hmm. There's that one, the current one with the little mustache and like the creepy mustache. I just can't with that mustache, like dude. And the like hair. People give them the hair. Okay, fine. If you want to dye your hair, bro, I a go ahead. But the mustache has got to go. <laughs> the stash. I can't with that. Dude, but yeah, maybe I he know. has different eras because the wrestlers that people keep throwing out there that maybe are the names of them or whatever, they've had different eras in their career. So, you know. Maybe some of them got retired. Some of those dildos got retired a while ago because they were used Ooh. too much. You never yeah, maybe. know. And then the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart should be like a clit stimulator. So I, I want <laughs> I want someone to make these sex toys. <laughs> it is mouth of the South, isn't it? But no, that girl, I mean, so he paid for a bunch of plastic surgery for her. It was $20,000 paid to the clinic itself. Alternative surgery. That is, unless this was a man before. I don't know. But someone had some other photos of her. And you can't tell me that this girl didn't want to have sex with these guys. And here's the thing. This is a weird conspiracy theory of mine. Uh, Brock Lesnar is married to Sable. Sable sued the WWE and worked for them. Did they specifically bring out Brock's name in this because of the lawsuit? Like maybe Vince was bitter. Did he pick Brock specifically to target? I mean, there's just so much. I don't know. There's just way too much going on. It's too much. And you know what? Like, (laughs) okay. I'm not saying that the things that are coming out are pleasant. Mm-hmm. I don't even know a hundred percent the details of like like the other day I was I I was asking Stoner Jesus like was it his money or was it WWE's money that he was paying? Do you yeah. know? Was which know one yet. was it? I don't know. Okay, money so was. if it wasn't WWE's money, what are you going to do? Like, it's a bunch of adults. Like, unless there's, unless somebody is not consenting, okay. And I do understand that people feel like they can lose their job if they don't do X, Y, Z. I've been there, mm-hmm. and when I didn't do X, Y, Z. I've gotten fired from places or not booked at places. I'm not just talking. I'm not talking about. So people are like, oh, what happened? to No, I ran my mouth at WWE. That's what got me fired. But (laughs) throughout my career, whether it's modeling, acting, wrestling, when I didn't do X, Y, and Z, I lost that job and I knew going into it, whatever. Now people think it's worth it. That's their business. That's none of my business. That's your choice. We're all different. We all have different things, different limits and different boundaries. So that's why I'm saying all of this stuff just seems like kind of gossipy stuff that people are like acting like it's new and it just isn't. It's kind of like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Do you think that 
Hollywood works any different than it did before he got popped? No. No. Like, it's, like, it's just not the way it goes. Like, oh, dude got popped, so now the entire industry is changed for the better. Look, that's a cute little TV show wrapped up in a bow. But that's the life ain't no TV show. There's still crappy things that go on. And if you feel that it's worth it, that's what you do. And if you feel that it doesn't, then you find something else to do. So that's how I look at this whole thing with WWE. It's like, it's just not, it's not like before Vince McMahon, none of this kind of thing existed. Like it's age old. Like maybe it's cause I'm from SoCal and I was a model actress before going to wrestling. So I knew how it worked. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it, but who cares? Like, I don't care about these people fighting over getting pissed about not getting paid or what escapades they had sexually. I don't care. I, I have better things to do with my life than to That's care about this big man great. taking a dump on some chick's head because <laughs> she was getting paid. I don't care. I love the comedy and all of it. I really do. I just like the more things come out and it's just, yeah, I'm going to WrestleCon this year. So let's hope that I don't get like slapped with a lawsuit from someone. I'm going to live stream from there. But, you know, I don't care. I mean, it's comedy. I'm not the only one talking about it. I think between me and Missy Hyatt, I think we're two of probably two females that are going back and forth making fun of it on Twitter. Some guy called me a Cretan. I'm like, so block me. I'm so heartbroken, asshole. Uh, you know, you get all of a sudden these like fourth wave feminists. Well, nye, 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 nye. Well, then why did she stay there for three years? She's making 200K a year with barely any skills. Well, some skills, probably. Um, others, maybe not. But yeah, I get it. But you know, I'm at the stage in my life where, yeah, I don't really give a shit about things. But at the same time, when my little Jewish friend tells me, get on Twitter and talk about it, I'm going to do it. I won't jump from a roof, though. But uh, it's hilarious. That's what I, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I, like yeah you tag people too and that's <laughs> or when you're like hey daddy vince or whatever <laughs> at this matter be my daddy or whatever i can't remember exactly what you said i was like i was brokering a contract for him and crystal marshall but she doesn't want to get pooped on like there are people that are willing we won't open our mouths but we don't want the poop and we don't want to fuck johnny ace on a tuesday or just in general so we're going to give you the stipulations vince mcmahon vince mcmahon there are women out there that are eligible and beautiful that want you to be their sugar daddy. And this is something you cannot pass on because these girls will not break the code. Just give them the money up front or half of it, then half towards the end. And no shitting. Seriously. But that is an open offer to Vince McMahon to be a sugar daddy once again. You're going to miss your calling and you'll be dead soon. So you got to do it once. You're only going to live once. Right? Or I think so. I, I, I don't want to be reincarnated. I've had a fun life, and that's like the last thing. So if there's anyone else that wants to be reincarnated, you could have my second life because I don't want it. Like, this is it. I'm happy with my parents. I'm happy with everything that's happened, bad or good in my life because it's fun. I mean, you know, you had your experiences and your adventures. Uh, what do you have coming up anyway? Do you have any signings? Do you do signings anymore? No, I'm real stuck up. I'm real stuck up. Um, I'm just <laughs> over everybody in the wrestling business. <laughs> like, because here's the thing. I, when I retired from wrestling, there was a lot of reasons, but what pushed me over the edge and I was just like done was when I saw people reacting to balls in China passing that were cruel and vile to them and they're on twitter going oh this that and the it's like no just shut up don't say anything like you fake and phony ass people and at that point i had been back into the independent scene i was having so much fun it reminded me of why i wanted to be in wrestling and then when i stuck around long enough i saw that even on the independent level these dudes think that they're Vince McMahon or they think that they're this guy or that guy. And I was like, what the hell? Like I overstayed my welcome. And I saw that people couldn't keep up anymore, their facade. And I was just like, okay, the only way this is financially worth like doing this anymore is if I go back to WWE. 
And then I was mm. like, I don't want to go back to WWE. So why do this? And so nowadays it's really questionable about where our meat is coming from with people like Bill Gates and everyone else screwing up our farm produce. So I decided to try my freeze-dried beef because it's the freshest beef ever at freedomfirstbeef.com. If you go to freedomfirstbeef.com, they have freeze-dried 100% organic beef and put in the code JASMINE, J-A-S-M-I-N, for 15% off. That's when I just was like, okay, fine. And so I retired. Then I kept doing the signings because I'm like, okay, you get to see people, you know, get to party it up, like, you know, all the good stuff in wrestling. It was good for a little bit, stay around long enough. And because I have a big mouth on me, I confront people. And so it became this whole thing where I felt like every weekend I was just like telling somebody what's the problem or whatever. And I started drinking too much because to be around those people, I had to just be drunk. Like I couldn't be like, that's the only way I could tolerate them. And I was like, why am I doing this? And so I had a really bad night. Um, I was, di I can't even remember where it was, but there was a lot of people I told off. <laughs> um, it was like the night before the signing. So, and the promoter like was paying for, he had like a bottle of wine for me and like buying shots. And so I confronted so so many people that night. So many people. I was ready and on fire. And so after that, like, I remember there was this one person in particular who I used to really, really like. And I realized they're just a douchebag like the rest. And so that guy was so bothered. I was being cold to him. I was waiting for him to say, Why are you mad at me? Or what's wrong? Because I'm a firm believer. People aren't ready to hear what you have to say unless they ask. So I don't just go up to people. They'll be like, oh, Shelly, like da-da-da. So he wouldn't say anything, but kept giving me shots. And so I was getting so drunk that I don't remember the rest of the night. And when I woke up the next day, I was like, I don't think I should do signings anymore. Like, I like to drink, but to not remember what happened last night because I had to be so drunk to be around these people I don't like. Why am I doing this? So then I stopped doing signings. You know, now I wonder if you are the person, I'm just trying to remember, I was in Rhode Island a few years ago at a signing and I just remember this. I don't know if it was you or who it was. I'm trying to figure it out. Who was it that was at the signing that pointed out some girl that was sleeping with her boyfriend and then the girl like looked over at us and then she waved at us too. I forgot who it was. I, I know it was, I don't know if it was you. I know I was there with Crystal it Marshall. Me. I know it was, <laughs> it was you. It was you. I remember this clearly. And then the girls like looking over, we're like, yeah, hi. <laughs> so what had happened is the she last was wrestling. What was that? She looked like the, her face looked like the inside of a used condom, by the way. <laughs> well, it's funny because, okay, so he was the last guy I dated in wrestling. After that, I was like, I'm never dating a wrestler ever again. And I stuck to that. So <laughs> he learned pretty much everything about me, listened to my podcast, like all the time to get to know me and pretended to be exactly what I wanted. Because prior to him... I hadn't been with anyone, no kissing or hooking up for three years because I was just like, I know what I want. And unless the dude's that I'm done because I've had enough sex in my life to where like, if I don't ever have sex again, I don't care. I've had some nights that people like fantasize about, like I'm fine with that. And so I would talk candidly like that. Well, this dude did his homework and he pretended to be exactly what I wanted. And then he like after a couple months and it was like a long distance thing because he lived in Rhode Island. And so he, I think at first was like all about it. Like it was just about his ego and trying to get Shelly Martinez, you know? So mm -hmm. once that novelty wore off, I guess him and this girl had a past of people like saying, we know you hook up and they deny it. And they're real shady cheating on people. Real gross. Typical, by the way, typical, you know? So 
when I broke up with him, it's when I realized like there was something going on. It's crazy because I was at a show with both of them and I was smoking with this girl. Right. And so I'm passing the pipe to her and she's looking at my boyfriend at the time and she's like this and I'm just holding it. I was like, oh, awesome. You're just like staring at my boyfriend right now. And she just was so oblivious, this girl. So it was that girl. And so I broke up with him. A couple months later, they came out as a couple. And it's so funny because he would tell people I cheated on him with Dolph Ziggler, which no. I I used to met, bang Dolph Ziggler back in OVW days, not when I was seeing this guy. But anyways, so when I broke up with him and he ended up with her, that was the story. And then that was shortly after when I saw you at the thing and I was with Crystal. And... Mm-hmm. I told you, I told you, but, oh, that's the girl. And I remember you go, why is it they always look like that when they cheat? <laughs> yeah, I did say that. That was me on a good day, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so what's interesting is um, later in life, that girl came to apologize to me and owned up to a lot of the stuff. Um, I got booked against her at a show. And what really sucked is I found out shortly after I got booked, the reason why they did it is because they thought I was going to beat the girl up, like whatever. And first of all, I was like, look, I only dated the guy for six months. It's not like it was love. Like I realized he was a douchebag and I dumped him. Like it's that simple. I'm not going to go beat up this girl for that dude. Like gag me with a freaking spoon real quick because no, ew. And prior to, like, the whole, like, shadiness going on, I had seen her in-ring at shows, and I always thought we'd have a really good match. So when I got booked with her, she wasn't seeing that guy anymore. They were kind of on and off, and so she was off at that time. I thought this was a great opportunity to finally get the match that I wanted. The wrestler in me was like, okay, cool. I'll put aside whatever. She did me a favor. She exposed to him who he is, and I didn't waste my time anymore. So it sucked to find out that, like, that's what they thought. And we had such a good match that when we came to the back, they thought I did beat her up, and I didn't. And there's something that Shane Helms told me way back in the day, and we're talking about stiffing. He goes, Mm -hmm. I don't need a stiff because I'm an artiste. They think I stiff, but I don't stiff. And so that moment kind of came to me when we went back there, and they're like, whoa, you fucked her up. And I was like... Uh, no, brother, we were working out there, like, and then they got mad to find out that I didn't beat her up. It's so stupid. But karma's everything. That girl's life went to a wreck. So there you have it. Yeah, poor bitch. Uh, yeah, I did <laughs> what I said. I did. I do say that quite a bit. They always look like that when they cheat. Because at the time, I was with someone who was still talking to his ex-wife. And I was going through that whole thing and all this shit. Oh, my God. Like, seriously, I just and now the person he married is like, oh, my God, it's like the worst of the worst. So, yes, Carmen is um, <laughs> I know that you have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast and where everyone can find it. And you have OnlyFans, right? No, I'm not active on them there anymore. F Me OnlyFans. Either. F okay. them. Um, so yeah, I, I've been podcasting since about 2009. Um, a lot of people don't realize that I had so many different versions of it throughout the years. And so what I decided to do was kind of just consolidate them all. And now I have a network that I've made called vampire radio and what I've been working on, I still need to get like, I, it's really hard getting caught up on it. I'm trying, but what I'm trying to do is get all of the stuff that I have because it had licensed music in it. So I got to take it out before I like upload it, re-upload it. So I have like years and years of podcasts that like I'm trying to upload now. And it's been really cool because like, you know, everything happens for a reason. So now that like I have to take the time to like re-edit them, I'm revisiting moments that like it's so crazy because like, let's say in one episode, I'll have a moment during the episode where something clicks and I maybe so much time has gone. I forgot about it. And so like when it clicks now, it's like on a different level. So it's been like my therapy. So I got that going on. And of course I have my uh, smoke out with stoner Jesus. We have our, we've been doing that for a few years now when people were like, well, 
what are you up to? It's like, all I care about is my podcast. So just go to my links. It's all there. Everything's laid out nice and um, organized. And on my vampire radio, it's not just the old stuff, but I do put new stuff up on there as well. So oh, it's getting there. It's a project, but that's all I really care about because before getting into wrestling, when I was like a little girl, I loved wrestling. I knew I was supposed to be in it, but another passion I always had was radio. I used to listen to talk radio and I would record it. And when they would have like a break in between what they were saying, like a sentence and then they'd pause, I would interact Mm -hmm. with them. Like if I was on the radio with them. So that's why podcasting to me is so deep. And I've been trying to be at it for ever since like 2009, because when I accomplished my wrestling goal, I feel like I've never truly have fulfilled my broadcasting goal. And even though I've done a lot and I have a lot of cool moments and blah, blah, blah. That's why I care so much because I've never fully fulfilled that broadcast goal. Well, that's good. I think it's cool. So I want to check out Vampire Radio. I want to go on Vampire Radio one day. I want to suck your blood. Um, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'll it's bite you up real good. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, I, I used to like vampires. I just like Romania and I like old European castles. So that's my fascination. Maybe one day I'll just end up in some like squatting in some old European castle or just buy one that's just really decrepit and make it my own. Do it. Do yeah? it. Okay. Do that's it. Do it. <laughs> I'll do I'll it. I'll fly on over and hang out with you. Yeah, that's the that's the goal because I just I have a lot of fun when I travel. I haven't really done too much aside from wrestling because it's been getting crazy. But uh, let us connect sooner than later to go to the rainbow and yes. have a meet up there because that's like so long overdue and we could like people talk and talk shit and everything. Uh, guys, don't forget to check out Vampire Radio and um, don't forget if you're out there and you are in the realm of Vince McMahon. Like if you are in his orbit, his bubble, please let him know there are sugar babies waiting for him. Please contact me so I could broker these deals. But most importantly, do not forget Vampire Radio. That is where you can find Shelly Martinez and her socials are on the um, the Crazy Train podcast website. But if you want to go ahead and shout out your socials really quick, that would be amazing. All right. Pretty much everything. I'm Shelly from Cali or Shelly from Cali, the number four, because that means I had to make a new account. Um, if you go to Hoobie, H-O-O dot B-E slash Shelly Martinez, or if you go to any of my Twitter, Instagram, whatever, it's the link in the bio. That's where everything's real nice there for you. I got my site. I got my podcast. I got my YouTube. I got it all, baby. So that yeah. link in bio, just go and check it out. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And sit tight. Everyone, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crazy Train with Wild.